When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, I know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston Show. We are your friends. The biggest stories, bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. What is going on? Here's Chris with your host, Julian McKenzie. Part of the game. We are hours away from the 2022 NHL Entry Draft, and we are doing a podcast in person. Yo, here's the problem. What's the, what's the we, problem? What problem could we have? This podcast just started. It's so awesome to be here with you Black in guys. person. Bless Jesse Blake, yes. Adam Wilde, Steve Dangle, all in the same room. But we could not be recording a podcast at a worse time. A worse time? It's 1130 in the morning, <laughs> the day of the draft. Like, unfortunately, by the time this is getting to you on your, your podcatchers, wherever you're listening to us, almost everything we have said might be out of date. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think some things might stand. Of course. But I mean, this is this is a volatile day. I'm going to be so distracted, too. My phone's going to be blown up. But, but that, uh, look, I understand that. But, you know, maybe that could give us some entertainment, too. So. That's exactly it. I'm still waiting for the day. I mean, I know there have been some pieces of news that we've kind of, like, had break while we're doing the show. But, like, I'm waiting for, like, a big trade to, to blow up as we're recording. Right. Well, generally, I don't look at my phone during when we're doing hits. Generally. I mean, here and there, but like I, I really try not to because I want to be giving you my best. And so, I appreciate that. But so then there, I know we missed, a, I think Brady Kachuk contract extension came in early in the season. We were doing a show. Anyway, I'm just, I'm just putting that disclaimer out there, folks. We'll still try to entertain you. Uh, I hope I won't say things that are immediately proven false, but uh, we're, we're going to do our best. Honestly, like I don't even look at it that way. What I think would be cool is, is and you've done this before, where you kind of have an idea that something happens and then it actually happens. What I think would be cool is, is that by the time this podcast comes out, if, uh, you know, we go through uh, some players who may be on the move or may not be on the move, end up moving like hours after the podcast. I'm like, well, see, that's why you listen to the CJ show. Right. And I'm like living in the matrix in the future. Exactly. So Great. Even man. though this is recorded, I'm actually talking live in your ear. <laughs> Um, speaking of players, by the way, just to kind of roll through some of the stuff we're going to talk about today, a lot of different topics. Um, we are going to touch off a briefly on the, uh, the Kapro Kaprizov story that's kind of just developing in Russia. Uh, big last few days for women's hockey. We're going to talk about that as well. We're obviously going to talk about the draft and what the Canadians might or might not be doing. Uh, we'll touch off all some odds as well. And uh, again, in sports interaction in our segment, you can bet that. And we're going to bring back... Uh, a segment that uh, I love doing and I love having CJ go through. We did it before the trade deadline, the trading pile. And yeah, there are some guys with some some contract situations in there kind of sprinkled in. But for all intents and purposes, we're going to call this the trading pile. All right, let's so, get at it. So we'll have that. But before we get into sports interaction, though, like I know you've been busting your butt working a lot these last how many days? But we have to talk about the fact that the draft, being in Montreal, the first in-person draft since, what, 2019? Like, this is my first time covering an NHL draft. 
So seeing all these people around and, and, and interacting with everybody and meeting all these different colleagues from the athletic or ESPN is like super cool. Like right. what's it been like for you? Like in between working, just like meeting up with all of like your friends that are like in, in the journalism world. It's been awesome. It's not just the journalism world. I mean, you walk in the streets this morning, I bumped into Marty San Luis, actually shook nice. his hand, you know, like seeing people from all over the hockey world, you know, a number of whom would have been normal for me to see every two or three months somewhere along the way on the travels that you haven't seen for two years. You know, it does, it does start to feel normal. I don't, I don't know what normal is ever going to be again, but, but it, it feels like it used to a little bit. And the draft is really nothing more than a hockey convention in my eyes. It's, it's the one event where you have all the coaches, you have all the executives, you have scouts, you have media people, you have sponsors here. Obviously, uh, the, the player agents are here. Then you have the prospects and their families. You know, some even current NHL players come and, and usually assist at the draft table, maybe help introduce their first round pick for their team. So it, it's really the biggest single gathering of everyone. And then to be in a beautiful city like this one, uh, the right time of year, we got the nice weather going here. Um, this, is, this is pretty special. Um, and this day is really about hope, right? I mean, this, this, this is the absolute best time for every team, even teams that just had a crappy year. Like the Canadians lost a pile of games this year, but they're stepping up first tonight to draft. We'll see if they make some trades. I mean, this is a chance to start to see where they're going next and, and to, to have some hope for that. And, and we could go down the list of teams, I think, that are in the same spot. And that's what makes this event so cool, to have it back in person is cool. I'll say this, though. I don't know if it's going to be like this forever. What do you mean? There were a lot of teams that liked the setup when they did it sort of digitally, where they reach in their own home base. And next year, I'm told there will be a draft on location somewhere. They haven't picked a location yet. There's some business meetings next week uh, where I think that'll be determined or sorted out, finalized, what have you. But long term, I do wonder if this is going to be an in-person event, because I think the teams are quite comfortable sort of in their war rooms, we'll call it. Um you know, they've said that they find being on the floor sometimes can be almost be a bit distracting. There's so much going on. Whereas when they're in their own room, obviously they can have a private conversation about whatever trades they're considering or what they're they're looking at um, from from picking prospects. And so we should savor this because you know you're going to have a long career in this business. I know Julian, but I don't. I'm not so. saying every day or sorry every year that we might not be doing this. It might be done you know virtually, digitally, whatever you call it, in the years to come. I wonder about that because like. Just in the last few days, like after I've gone through whatever meetings and meetups with my athletic folk, we'll go out for dinners and go out. You to guys bars. are going out for a lot more than dinner. Oh, did you do? Did you have finish? Dude, I got an Did- Instagram account. I, I've been seeing the nonsense. Dinner bar. We went to karaoke the other night, and like at some of these different establishments, you run into people who work for certain organizations, of course, and they they enjoy that fact. In fact, I'll say this. Uh, after one bar, I was uh, leaving at a particular hour of the night. I noticed an NHL coach make their way in that uh, some people in this room may uh, know very well. Hmm. Uh, and although I'm not saying they were doing anything bad. I'm just saying, like, that's an opportunity for them to just kind of just chill out and just be among the people. Because, like... Well, coaches in particular, right? They, they have very little function at this event. Yes. I mean, they're here to be part of the meetings, but they're not dictating what you know, kids, their teams are picking. They're really there to meet the, the prospect and shake the hand and maybe have some internal meetings. But th- this is not a high stress event for a coach. Um, and in fact, you know, I know the coaches did a bunch of other stuff this week. There's a clinic going on. They had a golf tournament, that, this and that. But what I mean is it's more of a social outing. So if you saw a coach or two, let's not name any names. Let's no. just let people live. Yeah. We're not dox I'm anyone not, on I'm this not doxing him. I'm not doxing the man. I didn't say like, oh, I seen him, you know, 
lift some girl on a bar or whatever. Like, no, like he's, he, he was doing his thing. Well, he was chilling. You know, look, it's, it's a long season in this. Oh, it is. And this is truly a time, you know, especially once you get the other side of free agency, where a lot of people hanging up the gone fishing signs around hockey. You, you might, you might've noticed that August does not include much, much of anything in hockey. I mean, you have salary arbitration, uh, cases are heard, you know, in early August, but other than that, like the odd signing, not really any trades, you know, the, the whole going up to a lake and turning off the phone thing is still, there's still some of that culture in, in the sport. I know it's really demanding jobs that these people have, but everyone's got to unwind a little bit. I think we're even going to unwind uh, to come back at you with even more pop in season two. So you know, we're actually getting towards the end of our first season here, bud. I was about to say, like the way you were describing August, I was like, this is, this is your way of letting everybody know that uh, don't expect us in August. Well, <laughs> I mean, we, have, we don't have a firm plan yet. As, we, as always, we just plan the pod when we're on the pod. That's the we, best. We, we just like talk out loud about things we might do. We haven't checked with anyone. Like, <laughs> You know, somewhere Adam Wilde is like cringing, like <laughs> the evil boss is like, you can't do that. But we just say it on the pod and hope it, it manifests in reality. Exactly. So, I actually, I want to do a holiday sort of pod though. I'm down for that. I don't know how the logistics of that will work, but like wherever you are, wherever I am, we'll figure out a time and just check in. Maybe we'll weigh in on any hockey stories that have happened. Maybe we'll just talk about what we've been up to. Um, that would be fun. I would really love that idea. And I think a lot of people would, would love that idea as well. Just because right. they like, they like he, knowing what you're up to. We could just do a giant ass CJ, see what goofy questions we get. I don't know. I love that. I, you know what's funny? I thought for the longest while, like, if we do an episode like that, let's just get nothing but goofy questions. Yeah. Like, just like, like all the ridiculous, like, what do you like on pizza and stuff like that? So producer Nick is going to hate me for suggesting this, but we should get people to record audio of their questions. Okay. And then we could play the questions. Maybe logistically that's going to be a cluster. Anyway, never mind. Or but, well, well, I mean, what, why, not cool, though, actually, why not video? Why not video? Video or audio, like have our listeners, viewers, whatever, be asking the questions and us answer them. Exactly. So you but, have, yeah, you have people record video and then like splice it in between. I just ruined two days of his summer. <laughs> splice all that together. So maybe, maybe we'll workshop that one, but, uh, yeah, we, we can do that. Um, one other thing before we get to sports interaction. Uh, Friday this week, uh, fan, appreci- fan appreciation night at uh, La Cage or Casual Spa if you live in Montreal, or as uh, some people uh, who don't know better would refer to as La Cage. La Cage. La Cage. Uh, I'm not going to reveal who actually told me it was La Cage, but it was a very hilarious conversation. Was it an NHL coach at 2 a.m. in a bar in Montreal? No, it was not an NHL coach at 2 a.m. in a bar. It was uh, a uh, some member of the SDPN who oh, was trying okay. to tell us where this was going down. The and they were, they were trying to be like, yeah, well, this La Cage? I was like, what the hell is La Cage? <laughs> and then I realized, like, you mean casual sport? But anyway, uh, we're going to be there uh, Look, Friday. this is not a bilingual pod, as we learned What do you mean week? it's not a bilingual well, pod? you're bilingual. Bilingual. I'm, I'm bilingual. I'm it could be a bilingual pod. Oh, man. I know, <laughs> I know as much Finnish as I know uh, French, which is not good for either language. Well, I don't know about that. I think I don't know Finnish. I think that's still pretty impressive. Ketos. I imagine that means uh, thank you? It does. Okay. All right. I guessed. And keepus means cheers. Keepus. Yeah. So ketos and keepus. So if you're having a porvo... Up we here? say keepus. Oh, okay. Good that, man. Look, we getting you in English. We getting you in <laughs> French, Finnish. I've been learning ger- German on Duolingo, so no worries. I, I got you on German at some okay. point. Uh, but yeah, fan appreciation night on Friday. I believe it's six o'clock at La Cage uh, at the Casual Sport, right next to the Bell Center. I don't want to spoil the surprise. Oh, but if you're at the Casual Sport at six o'clock on Friday night, you're going to see at least one sports writer drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> one. I said at least one. <laughs> 
I can't speak for everybody else, but I this has been a long, grueling week. I haven't been burning the midnight oil like all you youngs in the media. I haven't oh, been youngs. going to karaoke. And Shout out to you calling out the young people, them. I I actually, I it like, I wake up early because <laughs> I haven't been out late. And I'm looking through Instagram and I actually like shed like a tear because like I remember that phase of my career where I didn't miss a last call ever. Because there's so much FOMO in a sense where you're just so excited to be with everyone. It's it's exciting and, and you're not worried about what the next day is going to be <laughs> and, and all that. And so I, I love it. I'm not, I'm not calling it out in a negative way. I'm like wistful for that, that time in my life. But I'm also thankful to wake up with clarity of thought because uh, you can't have both. Seriously. Uh, someone who uh, just got over food poisoning earlier this week, like pushing through all that while you know, trying to be social with everybody. Like I, I, I completely understand having that sense of clarity, waking up at a reasonable hour after having a decent night's sleep. Not that, all that, heroes wear capes here, bud. You're yes. staying out late after food poisoning. Well, hey, I mean, look, man, I'm, I'm just trying. Okay. I'm trying to be social with everybody. So before we get to NHL draft stuff and free agency and trade stuff, there's a weird developing story that came out on Wednesday with regards to one Kirill Kaprizov. So earlier this week, we talked about Ivan Fedotov and his situation in Russia, uh, where it looked, as if he, it looked as if he was trying to evade military service. And now there's a story that came out uh, from, Sport, from Sport Express that said that uh, Kaprizov is linked to fraudulent military IDs being sold to players. And one of them reportedly is uh, attributed to Ivan Fedotov. And now Kaprizov is now being wanted in Russia. Uh, so again, Sport Express put that out there. And uh, my colleague at The Athletic, Michael Russo, uh, kind of added to that story saying that uh, Kaprizov is still in Russia. A quote from that story from Bill Guerin, the uh, GM of the Minnesota Wild. We're trying to find out as much as we can, but we're not too much worried about it. I've talked to Kaprizov's agent, Paul Theofanos. We're not going to push the panic button or anything like that. We're just trying to gather information right now and find out if this is even credible. I mean, just like everyone else, we are still trying to gather information on this as well. This is just very, very scary situation right now. It is. I think the, the best way to look at it, though, it's uncertain. Like, I think sometimes when you have a, a void of information and when you have a situation unfolding a long way away from where we sit today and, and we're getting some of these reports and you see tweets, like it's easy to jump to really harsh, awful conclusions. And, you know, from the bit I've been able to report around this story, nobody quite knows how this is going to play out. Obviously, it's an unstable part of the world. There's a war going on. There's a number of NHL players that have returned home to Russia. But I, I don't know that we need to assume, or I think it would be dangerous to draw too many conclusions about what kind of danger Kaprizov might be in or that he might not be able to get out of the country. You know, there seems to be a level of confidence there he's going to be able to get back to North America. But we have to put a huge but on, on all this is that, first of all, it's unfolding in real time and no one can say for sure. And that's why some teams, some agents didn't want their Russian players to return home this summer or at least urge them. I mean, they have no you know, players have a right in the offseason contractually to do whatever they want. They can be wherever they are. Um, but, you know, I think that because of some of the uncertainty in that region, we're going to see at the draft, there's definitely going to be fewer Russians drafted than would have happened in a normal year. Um, we have to see how this goes. So I, I just struggle to think that Kaprizov, who one of the, certainly one of the biggest current Russian stars in the NHL, um, 
is, is going to have problems. Remember, he played a long time in the KHL too. Like he didn't he didn't bolt the minute he was drafted. It, it, it there was some some dicey times there where the Wild might wonder if he was ever going to come because he signed an extension after the point he'd already been drafted and stayed over there a long time. Um, you know, I, I just don't want to I don't want to jump to too many crazy conclusions. Is kind of my point. I do think that there seems to be confidence from key people around that situation that he'll be okay, but. You know, that's, that's the best we can hope for. I know we talked about Ivan Fedotov the last time. I mean, he's at a remote military base now. And, you know, it was his intention to come and, you know, likely play in the American Hockey League for, with Philadelphia system, but, you know, come and join an NHL team or NHL organization, and he's not being allowed to do that. And so, you know, I, I just can't imagine it would escalate to the point where Kaprizov isn't able to, but, man, it's, a, it's just a crazy time in the world. What, what else can we say, right? It's hard to know what... A foreign government is going to do yeah it, it's a bit of a scary time uh with regards to these players and and, and so many other ones or, or not so many other ones but it's not the first time we're, we're hearing any athlete be in a weird situation with the russian government obviously thinking of wnba star Brittany griner but yeah we're gonna we're gonna think of uh not think but we're going to keep tabs on the story uh among some of the other ones we want to get to today you did mention today's a bit of a weird one uh, you're checking your phone. I'm checking my laptop, and and I don't want to start jumping around on on different topics here. Let's but, jump, bud. But uh, it's my see- brain's jumpy, so just take me wherever you want to go. So Elliot Freeman, as funny enough, as we were starting off uh, the segment on uh, Kirill Kaprizov, uh, mentioning two tidbits, which I'm sure you're probably up on as well, of the possibility of Matt Murray. Uh, going to the Buffalo Sabres and Matthew Kachuk, who I wanted to mention in our trading pile segment later, uh, Calgary's sole focus seems to be to try to sign him. And I see, I forget who else has reported this as well, but uh, those are two, we're already seeing names kind of fly around and, and the possibility of those guys starting to move around. Like it's, it's a bit of an interesting setup with those guys, but I don't know what intel you might have on those two situations. Well, let's start in Calgary. You know, I think the issue here is Matthew Kachuk, wants to see what happens to his good friend and line mate, Johnny Goodrow, just as other Flames players do. I've actually heard of other Flames players not connected to those two getting a little impatient with with how this is playing out. And and look, Johnny Goodrow has earned the right to take this to free agency. He's earned the right to consider his options. You know, the one thing I think we can lose sight of is players don't have a lot of rights in this league. You got to play seven years in the league or seven years as a pro before you can choose what team you play for. So uh, there's some exceptions, of course, college free agents, this and that. But I mean, generally speaking, players drafted, any player drafted tonight and here in Montreal, he's not, he's going to have seven or eight or nine years before he can even choose where he plays. So when you get to that situation, when you're the kind of star Johnny Goudreau is, I think he's earned the right to take some time. But the, the fact is, his con- he's been offered an eight-year deal by the Flames, and he's been sitting on this offer for a couple weeks now. And And I think, so internally, the Flames, that creates problems for them. They'd like... Clarity, you know, I think even, of course, they're hoping he wants to come back and be a member of their team the rest of his career. But if he is of a mind to not do that, they want to know that too. And so this affects Matthew Kachuk because if Matthew Kachuk himself is going to sign a long-term deal, I think he wants to know how competitive the team's going to be, what direction it's going. And so there's there's a few moving pieces. I think they're tied together to a certain degree. I'm, I'm not saying, let's not jump to the conclusion that oh, if Goudreau leaves, Kachuk's gone. I don't think it's that simple. Maybe... If Goudreau ends up not resigning Calgary, maybe they bring someone else in that, that, you know, changes how things look there. So I think teams maybe would like to get in on Matthew Kachuk. I don't think the Flames at this point in time are really, they're not listening to offers. I mean, they're, they're focused entirely, as Elliot reported, on trying to get him signed too. But I don't think that happens 
before they know what happens with Goodrow. I think Goodrow is the first and biggest domino to fall here, and then everything else flows out of that in Calgary. Okay, and what about with Matt Murray in Buffalo? So Potentially. Matt, Matt Murray's owed, I think, $15 million in actual cash on the next two years of his contract. Obviously, he's been, unfortunately, really injured since coming to Ottawa. He had injuries at the end of his time in Pittsburgh, too. It's a deal the Senators would like to get out from under. I don't know that they can buy him out. I mean, they, they have the ability to, but, you know, they bought out Colin White already. I just don't know if they, if they have the stomach to buy him out. And so they've been open and looking for places to deal him. But, you know, he also has no trade protection. And so, you know, the Sabres made a lot of sense uh, because the Sabres have a need in their crease. They have some cap room. And obviously, if they're making that kind of deal, they're getting a sweetener. They're not just getting Matt Murray. They're getting something else. Plus, plus. Plus, plus. To, to take on that cap hit and that, that financial commitment. So, uh, you know, this, this deal is stalled, but I still think that there's a chance Ottawa moves Matt Murray. I know there's a lot of skepticism about that, um, but he's reasonably young. He has had success. And if the right situation arises, I could see him playing somewhere next year. And if not, Ottawa is going to return with three goaltenders and they're going to run three goalies to start the season. Um, so this isn't, it's, it's not a binary moment. It, it, there's, there's a world where he's playing somewhere else and there's equally a world where they're carrying three goaltenders. I, I, you know, the thing is with Ottawa, they don't have a cap issue. Um, you know, so they don't need to move them. I just think they, they'd like to it would free them up to do some other things financially. I think Ottawa is a real team to watch here in free agency. Like I, I think that they're going to take a swing or two, even on the trade front, you know, they have the seventh overall pick tonight it would not surprise me in the least to see them trade that pick, uh, prior to making it. Uh, and so I think that they're, they're going to be pretty aggressive in trying to get a couple forwards in, especially, um, to help out their younger players and, and to push, to be in the playoff picture next year, to, to be in contention for that. And so keep a big eye on the Sens. They'll, they'll keep trying on Murray, but even if that doesn't manifest itself, you know, they're going to be, we're going to see them signing some free agents. I'm confident of that. All right. Let's keep it going with the free agent trade talk. Let's actually move up trading pile and we can get to some of the other stuff after. So I'm just going to throw out some names. You tell me what you know about each of the names. And at the same time, uh, we are going to uh, just keep an eye out here up on Twitter. And look, I get it. We are not doing this live. This is going to come at you in a couple of hours. It's still kind of, it's like a radio instinct. Like if we were doing this live, like we would still do this. And it's still cool to kind of like, you know, you feel the thrill of like a trade breaking on like a pod or something, even right. if it's not live. So yeah, I, I'm not going to take I'm it. I'm buzzing right now, man. I'm like, buzzing right now too. I feel like anything can happen today. Dude, man. It could happen. Who knows? In the next how many minutes we are recording this show. I went on my run today up Mount Royal and literally half the NHL appeared to be doing its morning workout there too. And I bumped into a guy won't, won't identify him, but works for a team. And he's like, there's so many names in play right now. He's like, this is, he's like, it's kind of crazy. And he was pointing out too, that he's like, this, this first round is not what a normal first round would be. Like, there's not a lot of consensus. So obviously some teams might be really high on certain guys and others, not as much. And so he's like, I think most teams are willing to trade their pick or, or do something there. There's all these big names flying around in the trade chatter. And so that's why I feel like it's like I'm like inside the pop bottle and you're shaking it and I'm like ready to explode because it just feels like we're going to get some some action. Is there a particular like big domino that kind of has to fall for all of these things to happen? Do you see it that way? I don't know that there's a big domino. Uh, Alex DeBrinket to me is the most intriguing domino because what Chicago has told teams is they want to trade him or they're open to trading him. Mm -hmm. But they need a first round pick tonight as part of the package. And it doesn't, it doesn't end there. You're looking at probably a three asset deal to get Alex to bring it, but that puts a deadline in place. Right. 
you know, basically somewhere between 7 and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, that deal either has to happen or it's likely not happening or, or whatever. Maybe they try again at the trade deadline, but, but it gets put on pause. And so there's definitely been interest in that player, as there should be, two-time 40-goal scorer, young. I mean, I've even had other teams say, like, why are they trading him? That's what I'm wondering. Well, look, at I, I think clearly they're, they're hitting reset on their, their group. And, and what we can conclude by them wanting a first-round pick tonight is they want to start – they basically are starting to rebuild right now, even though I know they've kind of been lost at sea for a little while now as an organization. But if you're getting rid of someone at that age rather than trying to resign them, the other factor here is, you know, there's two sides to the puzzle. Maybn Alex Dabrinkat doesn't isn't of a mind that he wants to sign a long-term extension if there's going to be a rebuild. So, you know, I, I think that both things have to be considered. But, yeah, so I think Chicago is the big domino – I've also heard Kirby Doc's name out there, which again, kind of interesting because not that long ago, he was a top pick himself. And so they're definitely having active conversations on Doc and Debrinkit. One or both could be dealt today. And so I think that that is one of the big dominoes. Now, the other one is that there, it's funny. At the trade deadline, teams give away picks like candy, right? Yeah. Because it's sort of like future me's problem. But when you get to today, it's kind of cool to have a pick. And so we might, the other situations we might see is there's these other teams in the first round, like in Ottawa, that can use the fact that whoever they're trading with kind of likes the idea, hey, we, maybe we want to draft at seven. Maybe there's a kid we like that we think fell, these teams missed ahead of us. And so those are the other dominoes. It's just that the day of trades with the first round pick are pretty cool because it's immediate gratification, right? Um, I mean, we're seeing trades out with like 2024 picks. Like that seems like I'm miles away. Like maybe we'll be doing the virtual draft by 2024. We won't oh, even, boy. nobody will even be hung over at this point because we'll all just be at home. Um, we got but, our couches watching. Yeah. So yeah, I think Chicago is a team to watch. I think Ottawa is an interesting team heading into today, but there's a bunch of others, right? Jacob Chikrin's names out there. Uh, you know, we know Arizona definitely had pretty extensive talks on him before the deadline elected to keep him. Uh, but you could see him move. Um, you know, who else you got? We got the list. We have so a like, whole list. I don't know here. if you want me to start naming names or what? Well, one, well, you mentioned picks and one other, one other pick that I'm thinking of that could very well be in play. And it feels as if like the general manager has been itching to just do, do something either with this pick or just something period. What about the second overall pick with the New Jersey Devils? They, they're active. Oh, I bet they are. I mean, look, New Jersey's, they've been lost at sea too as an organization. Right. And so I think. They like Yuri Slavkovsky, who may or may not fall to them at number two. Um, but they're definitely also open to trading the pick. Like, I think that they're, they haven't approached it like it has to go this way. Right? There's, it's funny. Like, teams do different ways. Like, I'm saying Chicago's coming to this, this to potential Debrinket deal and saying, we need this. I think New Jersey's like, let's, let's put all the cards on the table and see what makes the most sense for us when it comes time to go. And so how cool would it be you get the building buzzing, Montreal makes the first, with the first overall selection. Montreal Canadiens are proud to announce. And, and then it's a, you get <laughs> that moment. You, get you, that, try, you try to be the next commissioner or what? You get, that, <laughs> you get that moment. And then number two, it's like, we have a trade to announce. <gasps> Boom. <sighs> like I remember I was in New Jersey, whatever draft that was, a long time ago, and the Devils traded for Corey Schneider. Like, and it was in the first 10 picks or whatever. I think that's the one where Gary Bettman was like, I think you're going to like this. And it was awesome. Man. Like it actually, you know, I can't describe the the draft as buzzy too often because you know it's not it's made for TV more than live audience. But of tonight course. will be a live audience night because you have the hometown crowd 
and the first overall pick, and we're going to have some trades, bud. Man. I know every year we say this, and then usually it disappoints. We're going to have some trades. Yo, like I, as someone covering the NHL draft for the very first time, and will be in the building, and will be uh, part of the uh, subtle plug here, uh, running the uh, the Athletics Live blog during uh, nothing our subtle of, about that. <laughs> just zing, called out. Uh, I am all for having some trades. Uh, that might even be the title of this episode. Um, one name uh, that's I'm just uh, monitoring the waiver wire. Oh, of course. Pestering uh, half the NHL. Is <laughs> You might as well tell us now because uh, it is a 12 at the time of the uh, we are recording right now. Yeah. Uh, you might as well tell us who is on the waiver wire while you might as well be doing Let's it. Let's see if anyone answers my text. This is oh. a test of my relationships. Oh, okay. This is it. Guys, this is like a live, like, I mean, I know CJ is always like picking up the phone, but like we could get like an instant, like, you know, result out of this text here. I know, but I... Let's not build it up too much. Okay, fine. To be fair, that is true. It is waiver wire news. Well, it also might just be like an empty waiver wire that'll go. Oh, yeah, that's true. It might just be like an empty oh, day. Someone says, "I got you." Oh, well, it, it comes at like twelve oh one, and it's actually twelve. Well, it's twelve oh one now. Okay. Well, let's let's see what this says. Okay. <laughs> this is terrible radio. <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> Literally, and it's going to be like no waiver activity or like whatever. Nothing. <laughs> But it'll be cool if, if it's like something. Yeah. Let's see what it is. This is like the fun of waivers every day. Yeah. Because like most days it's so disappointing. But then every once in a while there's like a big surprise or something on there. Like, whoa. Someone got bought out. Whoa. Or like someone got claimed. Oh, here we go. Okay. What do we get? <laughs> <laughs> no one on waiver. Oh, what is that? Ooh. Come on. We were waiting for that. And uh, booze from the peanut gallery as well here at uh, Casa SDP. Um, <laughs> this is a, uh, the worst episode ever. No, it's no. <laughs> I'm basically no. like in my phone. This is not the worst we're episode ever. We're telling everyone ever. repeatedly like this is going to be outdated by the time you listen. No, this is not the worst episode ever. The fact that we're in person automatically makes this in like the top tier of episodes. Okay. Uh, there are definitely, uh, no. Like I don't even think we even have big dubs like that. Like we, we, we good. We got big dubs like W's like we winning. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, um, let me just go through some more names here. I want to go through uh, JT Miller, uh, my colleagues at uh, The Athletic in Vancouver, uh, notably uh, Thomas Drantz and uh, Harmon Dial, have been uh, writing a lot about JT Miller and his future with the organization. What can you tell us about JT Miller and the Vancouver Canucks? It's a, it's a tough one. Um, you know, they have engaged in some discussions on a potential extension, but the feeling around those talks right now is that nothing will be done this week. And so puts Vancouver in a bit of a spot, right? Because this is, this is the week to make a trade. Uh, this and the trade deadline, like this is when, this is when the money happens. And, mm -hmm. You know, even by, as I said, by August, you know, if Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin are looking to make that trade. It's just like half the, half the league has either spent their cap space or what have you. So, you know, I think it's, it's definitely possible, but it's one of these ones, it's hard to handicap because I think that they're, again, they're talking extension. And so there's that world, but, you know, this is a pretty good player. I think the hard part, too, is what's JT Miller make? 5.25 million? I'll just double check. Give or take. That. So everybody likes that next year because of how productive he is. Just had a 100 point season, uh, delivering great value. 5.25. Delivering great value on that contract. But everyone's wondering, like the Canucks, what is the next, you know, can we get him to an extension and all that sort of thing? So, you know, 
I'm not really expecting him to be traded, but I think it's certainly possible because there's been so much discussion. And, and look, teams were talking to the Canucks about him before the trade deadline too. And so it feels like at some point the deal is probably dropping, but I, I don't have any information to suggest it's coming today. Okay. What about uh, Vladimir Tarasenko? What about his, his name? Uh, still with the St. Louis Blues. Um... Sorry, just got to... That, that, that was like a weird, like, oh, wait a minute. Did wow. you know something about Vlad? No, I get you. Not all texts are created equal. That is very true. Um, so, but it's some interesting intro on in that text, but I got to think about how I can disseminate it on the pod. Anyway. Oh. Um, sorry, what'd you ask about? Uh, I was asking about Vladimir Tarasenko, Tarasenko, but after Tarasenko, if you want to get into that text, we could find a way this to This is the worst day too. ever to do a pod, I'm telling you. It, dude. I'm in a thousand directions That's right okay. I have no focus. You're like uh, Doctor Strange of the Multiverse of Madness, just trying to like get all these universes together. I wasn't and I just doing realized, karaoke with John Liu last night. Oh, dude. John Liu, I don't think people realize this. Love hearing him do karaoke. Amazing. I've heard that he's worth the price of admission. Absolutely. Himself, so. 100%. And he sings in English and in French. Wow. He's incredible. He should do stick taps in French for me next time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get out of that. <laughs> uh, so, so Vladimir Tarasenko, I think he's finally being moved. Um, okay. You know, last year it was pretty well known that there was at least some interest in him. He actually gets exposed to Seattle. If we want to look at some of the, you know, it's so easy to second guess a year later sitting in his apartment with a nice coffee, but like the Kraken made a couple swings and misses. I think Vince Dunn worked out well for them, but not taking Vladimir Tarasenko for free might have been one of their, their bigger errors because if nothing else, he was going to be a great trade chip for them. And now he's a trade chip for for the Blues. So I think there's a few teams out there looking for scoring. You know, look at a team like Carolina, maybe. Maybe Philadelphia, if, if they strike out elsewhere. Um, you know, someone suggested Florida to me. I don't know how that works because, you know, they got some cap issues. You know, they're they're now facing the possibility Drew walks away. Uh, Mason Marchman as well. Um, you know, there's a few other teams there, but I, I do think this is this is finally it. You know, it just seems like a kind of a, a marriage that's run its course. He's been a long time blue, of course, helped them win their Stanley Cup in 2019. But you know, he's one year out from UFA, and so I think the Blues are looking to to see what they can do. But you know, they're they're not giving away either. They're a team that wants to be competitive next year, and so we're talking about a player for player type of trade, most likely versus you know, the kind of trade Chicago's trying to make with Alex Dabrinkit. Uh, just a, one other thing with Florida as a possibility. With the fact that uh, Anthony Duclair is not going to play next year, if his salary goes in LTIR, if they let a guy like Giroux go, maybe that makes sense? Maybe. And, and look, at there's other things they can do moving money around. I, I, and and we've actually seen Bill Zito's been pretty aggressive. Someone said a, a long shot for, and this is this is not sourced. This is, this is more someone who works in the league who I trust, but said... You know, maybe Pittsburgh looks at him if Ooh. if they're in a world where they're not signing Evgeny Malkin. That you know, obviously you're talking about a, a winger in Tarasenko, but maybe you get one year of him and Crosby together might be pretty enticing. You know, still have Jake Gensel there, scores a lot of goals. They resign Brian Rust. You know, may, maybe that's the way they go. But I, I just it feels like this is finally reaching its climax, and certainly the, the Blues are scouring the market for that. You mentioned Evgeny Malkin. I was talking with a reporter yesterday who is pretty in tune with the Pittsburgh market and they didn't seem all that confident that Evgeny Malkin was coming back. They even mentioned a Western conference team who might be interested in him. Well, there's lots of interest in him. I mean, obviously. Yes. If he hits the market. I mean, I know he's older and I know he had a knee surgery, but he also had a point per game last year at 36. So he's, 
he's gonna I I'm I'm of the same mind. It appears that this is like I, I don't think he necessarily wants to leave, but they just the, the penguins haven't got to the place where he feels that contract should be. And you know, they're gonna sign Chris Letang. That's that's all but done. Um, but you know, at this stage, as we recorded this at a very fluid time, it, it, it does appear that Malkin's headed to, to free agency. And I think that'll be an interesting choice where he ends up. Um, there's, there's always so many teams, really. Every team would want him in a perfect world. But unfortunately, this, this cap world isn't always perfect. It, you know, we don't have true, you know, a lot of teams are out of the running just by their cap position. Um, but, you know, he's always been like the Dallas. You think, I don't yeah. know if Dallas wants another older player, but you, you wonder about them. Um, I, I'm not going to throw Malkin teams around. I don't want, I don't need to. Well, you, you already just said one team. Yeah, but I'm going to stop there because I could, okay. I could name a few others, but it's, it's not, I don't want to speculate too much. I mean, part of this is speculation. Part of this yes. is fun discussion about the league, but I don't want to be too irresponsible. Look at you being responsible. I was not out with the Youngs last night. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. What about uh, Mark andre Fleury and his situation? Well, he's not going to Minnesota on a one-year deal, which was reported uh, on Thursday. Um, you know, I think the first the first sort of canary in that cold mine is that I think he's going to look for a multi-year deal. Um, wow! Come because on, like what, like thirty, like what thirty-six? Don't age shame him. No, I'm not age shaming him. He's thirty-seven. Yeah, I'm not well, age shaming him. He's just it, this is a guy who we were wondering like last year if he was going to retire. My friend Mike Smith just signed a two-year deal at. 39 or 40. But when were we talking about him retiring? No, but and I'm not trying to age shame. If Marc-Andre Fleury feels he can, saying, if he feels he can play, yeah. absolutely. He should play. My whole excitement about it is the fact that this was a guy we were discussing last off season, wondering what his situation would be if his career would be done. So the fact that we're at a point now where he's, he might be done in Minnesota, or if he wants to stay in Minnesota, he might have to sign a multi-year deal. That I think is really interesting. You come here for information. Here's your information. Well, of course. When he signs on the dotted line, very, 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 very good chance it's a two-year deal. Okay. And so that was the first thing. And look, there's only, like, this is, the goalie market is hilarious because we, we, we just, we literally go in circles. We call it the carousel because we go in circles. There's like five teams looking for a goaltender that can play, say, 50 games. There's only four goalies right now that can do that. And Marc-Andre Fleury, in my opinion, is one of them. And so Toronto, Washington, be kind of cool if he went to Washington. Oh yeah, I, I, for, for those in the Penguins Capitals rivalry, just put a little. Zzz. Imagine if Malkin went there. Yeah, imagine they both went there. Could you imagine that? <laughs> Do you imagine how people would lose their minds in Pittsburgh? It'd be fun. It would be ridiculous. I'm always cheering for Ridic chaos, even. right? Ridic. So, and you know, I, I, but I think he could end up in Toronto too. I mean, look, Jack Campbell's oh. hitting the market. It seems like Jack Campbell's probably going to Edmonton. Like when, if we're trying to oh, pin down, okay. That's not done, done. No, no, no. But, but like, I've heard that. It feels like they have probably the most to offer him in terms of money, security, a position, you know, because, you know, it sounds at this point like Mike Smith may not be able to play next year um, because of the injuries he's had. You know, Miko Koskinen's already signed in Switzerland. So they're, they're looking, they got a big hole to fill. And so that, that looks like one thing we can handicap. And so then with the Leafs, you're looking at, Maybe Kemper, maybe Huso, maybe they're making a trade. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. So Mark Henry Fleury um, hasn't resigned in Minnesota. I think there's still a possibility, but this is a weird time for him. He's 37. He's never been a UFA. Yeah, that makes sense. And so, 
what, the way I've heard it is that this has actually been kind of challenging for him. He's just not used to this because um, he's never been through it before. He's changed teams, obviously, through an expansion draft and a trade, or a couple trades, but he, this is the first time he's getting to pick. And so I, I would think he's going to get to July 13th and at least take a look formally at what's out there with offers and teams and all that. Okay, let's get to a few more names before we get to stick taps. Uh, how about Yessi Pugliarvi in Edmonton? Ooh, I mean, they're ready to trade them. I mean, that. yeah. They need a player, though. And so in some ways, that's a harder trade because they, they, they want someone who can play on their third line in re- return for them. So it's, it's, I think it's much easier if someone was, if they're like, oh, we'll take a second round pick. I do think a team would probably do that today. Um, but, you know, sometimes lining up players, salary expectations, you know, all that stuff, we're getting into more complicated. You're, you're limiting the field because not everybody can meet those requirements. Um, but, you know, I, I think, there's a good chance that that marriage is finally over too. It sort of reminds me of, of Tarasenko. Tar, you know, Pugliarvi is much younger, but remember he's had some clash with the organization. I think a lot of it is role more than contract, but he, he needs a new contract too. Uh, but he wants to be a top six guy and, and I'm not sure that they see him that way. And so this might be uh, near the end of the road for him, but that trade doesn't have to happen. I'll say on, on Thursday here as we're recording because it's a it's a player for player swap more likely than than a futures kind of deal. Uh, I think I mentioned him a couple of days ago, but I'll throw him out again. Josh Anderson. Always with the Montreal question. Well, just because there's a Montreal audience that I know follows me, and I'm sure they'd like to know if there are Canadians players being moved. Well, there's there's interest in him. I, I could see him being moved. Like there's definitely been trade discussion around him. It's hard to get a read on Montreal at the moment. Um, you know, I think so much of their focus has been on the the pick. Uh, so I, I don't know, you know, it's different. Some teams come here and they're, they're not picking until 29th, like Edmonton picks at the end of the first round. So I think they have more time to devote to what else they might do. Aren't the Leafs at like 25? 25. Yeah. I mean, so th- hopefully they'll do something. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be fun. You get, know, get n- my man, Steve Dangle all stirred up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As if, as if we need him to get stirred up even more than it's, you know, how easy He's it is to get just this man camera, stirred up. He's it. just out here chilling, just taking photos of us. Hi, Steve. Hi. <laughs> but yeah, so so I think it's a different vibe in Montreal right now. Like I think the pick is more important and then everything flows out of that. And so, um, yeah, Josh Anderson could be on the move. Jeff Petrie, I think they'd like to find a home for. They still got to clear out cap space, right? Like yeah. they, I know they've, they've already made the Shea Weber deal, which, which eased some burdens, but with not knowing exactly what's going on with Carey Price, if he's going to be able to play or not. They need to they need to clear some some room out, and those are the two most likely guys to go. Okay, you've pretty much cleared through uh, the names I wanted in trading pile. Uh, so before we get to stick taps, are you ready to make a prediction about who will go first overall tonight in Montreal? Are you are you are you saying Shane Wright? Are you saying Yuri Slavkovsky? Are you saying Logan Cooley? Oh, I'm gonna go Shane Wright, and. I'll be really, I'll show my work here. Of Honestly, course. so as of Thursday morning, a couple of people I've talked to are saying it's Slavkovsky. But I feel like it's a decoy. That's exactly um, what I'm saying. But it's, it's really hard to know. Like, I certainly don't have anything firm on this. It's not like the Canadians are telling me. There's a lot of buzz about it. Like, there's like the agents are talking about it. The other teams are talking about it. But I think ultimately Shane Wright is the pick. But 
when you're listening to this, you might be like, CJ, you're an idiot. No, they'll put us both in because I think Shane Wright is the pick. And I think it's for that exact reason you mentioned. I think Kent Hughes, rookie GM Kent Hughes, throwing this smoke screen on everybody, thinking he's going one way when he's actually going another way. Like, it's really interesting to see, again, from like a first year GM doing this and causing so much intrigue. Like, when was the last time you paid attention to the NHL draft and there was this much intrigue in terms of who was going at the top? I guess the Nico Heischer year. Yeah, or maybe Nathan McKinnon uh, back in those days. But the difference there is that that draft wasn't held in Denver and, and like, or whatever. Like, like it's, it's cool that we're in Montreal. Like, I just think there's going to be a vibe in the building. It's going to be actually really neat. And, and I'm the first to admit, I'm not a huge draft guy. Like, I love being here for draft week. The draft itself, like, if anyone's been there on the, the second day, it, it kind of drags. It's, it's a bit of a slog. Um, uh-oh. We await with, uh-oh. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> I was scared. I was like, oh, what's going on? Anyway, uh, let's get to stuff. My phone's blowing up. Oh, I, it's just been like, blowing up this entire time. Uh, that's a, but that's what's a, happening? Oh, I don't know. I hope. I hope. I mean... It would be something if you had to break a trade after we record this podcast. Well, I broke that no one was on waivers today. That's, that's <laughs> the, the only exciting thing you got out of me. <laughs> uh, as we were doing that, by the way, Insider J Money, uh, big fan of yours, uh, said, uh, well, I got put on waivers. That's not true. You're not on waivers. Um, let's get to stick taps. Um, should I start or should you start? I think I'll start. Sure. I mean, we didn't know how to handle this, but... I think the best place to do it is stick taps and, and it's to Brian Marchman's family, to the San Jose Sharks, to his son, Mason who plays in the NHL, you know, just awful news that, that, you know, he passed away here in Montreal as a scout for the Sharks, 53 years old, is way too young to go. Um, as you know, I've been through it myself, losing a parent. I'm, I'm sympathetic to anyone who has to, to do that. And so, you know, it's, it's hard to strike the right tone because, because we're here at the draft and there's so much excitement, but you know, a lot of people, on that draft floor tonight or do, or will be there with heavy hearts. You know, Brian was someone played a long time in the league was universally beloved. And I'm not just saying that because the man just died. Um, and you know, it's just awful news. So sort of sobering, I guess about, um, you know, what's really important in life. So we didn't quite know how to address it, but I think that the best thing to do is give our stick taps, to everyone affected by that and, and our best to his family. I mean, there's, there's not much you can say at a time like that, but if there's one good thing, and I again, I experienced it when my mom died a few years ago, is the hockey world is pretty tight, too. And, and I know a lot of people will be putting their arms around them physically, but also sort of metaphorically and, and trying to help their family through a tough time. That's very well said. Uh, I will just quickly give my stick taps uh, to a lot of women doing really well uh, with regards to getting positions in the National Hockey League in the last few days. Uh, and not even just getting positions. I mean, we didn't even talk about Angela James being named to the Order of Canada at the end of last month. Uh, but uh, Dr. Haley Wickenheiser being named AGM for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Kate Madigan uh, in New Jersey. She becomes the fifth female AGM elevated this year. Uh, Emily Engel-Natsky uh, becoming the first ever video coach with the, with the Washington Capitals. And uh, just as we were recording, uh, Manon Réom, uh, the first... Uh, female goalie to appear in an NHL game uh, named a hockey operations advisor for the Los Angeles Kings. That happened just as we were recording. And don't even forget, Jessica Campbell was hired by 100%. Coachella Valley, the new AHL farm team for Seattle as an assistant coach. She'll be the first woman behind the bench at that level of hockey. And we know it's not long before, whether it's her or someone behind her, Corey Chevery, a lot of other women who are making their way on the men's side of the game as coaches are on an NHL bench. And this is how it happens. You know, like, Emily Engelnatsky was the video coach for the Hershey Bears in the AHL. 
the Washington Capitals, their parent team need a video coach, you know, they're, they're making a change to that position. They elevate someone that's already in their organization. So it, it, it starts, we have to celebrate when it happens at the AHL level, when we're seeing people get opportunities they haven't had in the past, because that fuels it to the NHL. And I think more of this will be coming. All right, uh, Siege, you have to go do a radio hit right now with TSN. So you are literally oh. hopping off the podcast right now. Uh, we literally are buzzer beating over here. So I'm just going to handle the outro here. Uh, thanks so much for watching or listening to the uh, Chris Johnston show, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tell this man is very busy. Uh, and uh, we'll be back on Monday with a brand spanking new episode. We hope to see everybody on Friday at the SDPN Fan Appreciation Night. Uh, CJ, great. Great, great episode, buddy. The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Inside the game, twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter at ReporterChris. And follow Julian McKenzie at JK McKenzie. The Chris Johnston Show.